Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh, Regardless of what a lot of really dumb fans think, um... <laughs> who are voting for Steven Adams over Jokic because they don't know anything about basketball. <laughs> but oh. um, he's undoubtedly an all-star. He will be an all-star. You're listening to The Dig. What is up, Nuggets fans? Welcome to The Dig. I'm Nick. I'm with Jeremy. How are you recovering from last night's beatdown, Jeremy? How I'm recovering is by doing my normal uh, social media activities for the Stiffs. And just reading how many bad Warriors takes there are out there. Oh, um, like what? Yeah, it's been interesting. Uh, about Nuggets fans um, just being like the most brazen and loudest group out there. And I'm just completely bewildered by that. I mean, maybe it's one of those things where, you know, the the bad ones are actually the loudest ones in the room. Wait, so the Warriors fans are saying Nuggets fans are super annoying. Right. They're coming onto our board saying, you guys said that you were going to dethrone the Warriors this season and that you're better than the Warriors and stuff like that. And I'm just wondering the whole time, oh. who, who said that? Did I, you say that? <laughs> no. I, <laughs> I don't remember saying that. Yeah, I'm looking around for, I, I was starting even doing like, uh, you know, like control F, like find on all of like our social <laughs> media to see if, if the Stiffs account managed to somehow at some point claim any of this. Um, but it, it's been interesting. Like if anything, I'm feeling like, um, I'm not feeling too bad. I'm feeling soft and, and like, I just need some time out and just some space. And to me, that's kind of like a, um, a realistic way to kind of suffer this kind of a defeat. Um, which to me isn't some sort of loud, brazen kind of a thing. Like I'll admit that we got beat. We got beat really bad. We got beat historically bad. Oh yeah. And I'll admit that I thought that we were better than that. But, um, I mean, it's, it's the kind of loss that, um, you feel. And I think you, you have to, you have to own up to. And so here I am in a position ready to like kind of own up in ways and, and yet, just completely caught off guard by all these takes of of Nuggets fans and their their yeah, brazenness. It's kind of interesting to me actually because I, I I I mean I'm pretty active on social media. Um, you know we're you know fairly well in tune with Nuggets media and the community and Nuggets fans, and I don't feel like it's been a narrative this year amongst the Nuggets faithful that we are poised to dethrone the Warriors. Right. Um, so if Warriors fans are feeling that way after last night's game, that they've now shown that we are not going to dethrone them, I think that says more about their paranoia than right. it does about anything that we've been saying. Right. Um, because the Nuggets have been in first place going into this game for what, like 38 days or something like that. It had been well over a month that they had been in first place. Um, and 
you know, yeah, maybe there was starting to be some worry from Warriors fans. They, you know, they, they really hadn't started clicking yet. Uh, and, you know, they're still in second place. I mean, even 80% Warriors team is still one of the best teams in basketball. But, uh, you know, uh, Clay Thompson got off to a really bad start shooting this year. Well, he's had an extended slump. Uh, Draymond Green's been shooting atrocious uh, the Nothing entire season. <laughs> what? Nothing new there. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. But... I mean, he's been a, you know, he he's been a, a wrinkle in their offense, uh, the years that they've been really rolling. You know, when when he's sitting threes, it's right, completely indefensible. Um, right. But yeah, maybe there's some. I don't know. Maybe there's some trepidation there. I really don't. I can't speak for Warriors fans. I am not one of them. Um, but from my perspective, I don't feel like I learned a whole lot last night. I think I feel like what I learned was that when the Warriors come out shooting the way they did and hit 70% of their three pointers through three quarters or whatever, you're not going to beat them. I mean, that's pretty straightforward. Now, was there, were there some defensive lapses that gave them some open looks? Yeah. There were also, you know, threes from eight feet behind the line hit by Murray and Durant in the first half. I mean, there's just nothing you can do when they're shooting like that. Nothing. No, there's nothing any team in the league can do when they're shooting like that. Uh, Hastings said in the broadcast last night that, in his opinion, they have the three best shooters in the NBA on one team. Right. And that's the problem. I is, you know, they, with that, but yeah. Okay, but it's it's splitting hairs. I mean, they have three of the best shooters in the NBA. Right. And <laughs> when they're running, you know, pick and rolls for each other, you can't defend everybody. Um, and and if everybody is hitting, th- there is no there is no stopping it. So... I, I just felt like what we learned last night is that the Warriors are the best team in basketball. When they are clicking, they're unbeatable. And I think I, I kind of feel like I already knew that. Yeah, I'm going to agree with the uh, when they are clicking, they're unbeatable. Uh, their ceilings, and not like their career ceilings, but like their um, any given night ceiling of those players combined is, uh, I think, unmatched in the NBA. Um, it's maybe unmatched in NBA history, to be honest. Yeah, the the way that they can they can hit three pointers. Um, and, and but but I I mean I I don't want to kind of skirt uh, a few issues with the Nuggets for the game. Um, I mean they just looked younger to me in general. Um, I was glad to see that they didn't back down. Um, you know, we had, we were going right back at him. We had one of our best first quarters offensively as well. Um, that just goes to show. I was actually feeling good after the first quarter because I thought there's no way they're going to sustain this level of shooting the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, so I, you know, one thing that I've gotten used to, and maybe I've taken it for granted is, um, our ability to rebound, um, just completely disappeared last night. Mm -hmm. Um, not sure exactly what happened there. I felt like there was, um, you know, th- there were definitely guys out of position because it was very hard to cover what they were doing. And sometimes I think you can get kind of frozen in paralysis a little bit where there's so many things going on at once that you, you, you don't, you're not able to call on those instincts that you naturally do have, um, before. And, 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 and on top of that, there were, yeah, there was bad defense, um, I mean, I, th- I think we'll get into some of the players here, so I don't want to go off too much on it. And it was just one game, but um, well, yeah, we'll just stick that later. But yeah, tough game. Moving on. Yeah, it it really I, I 
was it a statement game by the Warriors? I, I think from their perspective, they probably thought it was. It did seem like they came out especially aggressive in the first quarter um, and, and wanted to set the tone of the game. Um, you know, they had just eked out a win against the Mavs that, you know, where they were, they were sort of messing around in that game. I mean, they're, you know, they can turn it on and off and they do right through the regular season. And we, we saw them on last night and not only were they on, but then they were hitting everything. And right. So, yeah. and that kind of goes back to me with the whole, uh, fan nuggets fans take is the way I see it. You know, the, 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 Golden State had their problems earlier, earlier this season. They've wound up behind us in the rankings for a long time, just like at our heels the whole time. But we've been playing so well that we've kept that small little lead this entire time. And now here they have the opportunity to overtake it for them to basically step into the room, slap us out of the way and say, OK, enough of that. Like time for us to take over the NBA again. And and I understand that. Like, yeah, I, I do too. That, that's what it is. They are the better team. They right. they are able to basically take a step up when they need to, and we are the ones that they stepped up on top of. I'm I'm cool with that. <laughs> like like I, that's how I see it. And and I want to get better. And I think our future is brighter than the Warriors' future. What are they going to be like in five years? And who, what are we going to be like in five years? So I'm not. Well, what are they going to be like next that. year when Kevin Durant and Boogie Cousins leave? Right. So um, um, yeah, not to mention they're all getting older, and to them that's a crutch. Whereas us getting older is a benefit. So right. so that's where my mind is at as a Nuggets fan. Is my mind is 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 on the brightness of our future, and I'm not. I don't feel too bad about being slapped around right now by the best team in the NBA. I want to move on from it. I don't want to like have this going on 24 hours a day in front of my eyes to suffer from, but I'm, I'm willing to get past it and move on. Yeah. I mean, they didn't, they didn't lose by 40 to the Hawks. You know, (laughs) they got beat by a really good team on a, on a night when they were clicking. And this is great for the nuggets to see what a championship team looks like at Mm -hmm. peak level, because if they're going to get there, um, you know, they're, they're maybe not going to face that, you know, in the finals, even every, every game, but, or, or even through a a tough uh, playoff run or something in the future, but um, they're going to, they're going to definitely see a lot of games where they get smacked in the mouth and they have to respond. And Malone made a comment like that last night too, after the game about this being a really good, you know, lesson for them. Uh, Give them credit. You know, they came in here and showed why they're one of the best teams in the world. And uh, they won multiple world championships for a reason. And uh, they sent a message. Uh, they came in and kicked their ass. And uh, we'll learn from it. We'll get better for it. And hopefully this can be a motivating factor moving forward. Yeah, I, I mean, I think looking forward, again, uh, nothing's changed. I don't think anything about what what I think about their chances to you know win a playoff series or two has changed. Um, it'll really just mostly depend on how those seedings fall, I think, at this point. Um, and we'll just have to look at the matchups to see what what the Nuggets chances are when we get there. But, um, but yeah, the future is bright. The theme. All right. So we want to look at some mid season grades. We are 43 games in. So we're just a little bit past the midway point of the season. Um, the Nuggets are 29 and 14. They're six and three in January. Um, you know, even ignoring last night's game, they're on a good stretch. A uh, number of players have been playing the best basketballer of their career or of this year, playing lights out. 
Um, so there's a lot of good uh, to reflect on, but we wanted to just take a take an episode here to to just look at where the Nuggets are as we go into the second half of the season. <laughs> All right, so let's start with grading Jokic. Where do you put his grade for the first half of the year, Jeremy? I mean, <laughs> um, let's give him an A. He, he's, I think he's playing at, I, I'm sure there's more to him that we're going to see over the years. There's, I don't want to necessarily call it a whole nother level, I, but even just small increments across the board, uh, shooting threes, you know, there's uh, assists, turnover ratio, there's room for improvement at all these places. Um the, the, but but historically this season for this since we're doing midseason, um, I mean th- that funk that he went through is on his record right now. As much as he's playing extremely what I would call A plus Jokic basketball right now, um, he gets an A because you have to factor in that weird funk that he went through, and it seemed it seemed uh, suspiciously connected to uh, his his no homo comments. Uh, so some, some sort of, you know, emotional. Yeah. I think that seems pretty clear at this point. Yeah. And and I'm not sure if, um, you know, the the thing about Jokic is, is chemistry. He, he needs to have chemistry with everybody around him. Um, more so, uh, what's the word, maybe like strategically than personally, you know, he doesn't need to be hanging out with all these guys and call like, you know, good barbecue and chemistry, but to a certain degree, um, personal chemistry just just comes into how you play on the court together, and and maybe you know maybe there was just something awkward with that with the the team too. I, I don't know. Um, this is would all be, <laughs> I mean, he, probably a good job on the Nuggets. We're all here wondering what the heck actually happened, but he went through something there, and uh, and that's unfortunate to see. But it feels like he's he's moved on from that and. And you hope that he's learned from it. Seems like it. He's he's back to you know making jokes with the media and and being happy and and positive with everybody. So, um, yeah, yeah, man, that seems fun. like a whole different season that that happened. <laughs> We've had a lot that's happened this year. Um, and what he's doing the last so, so since December. Um, he pulled out of this funk. We've had 21 games. He's averaging 23 points a game, 10 and a half rebounds and almost eight assists right at eight assists a game, which is crazy. That's, um, like we're getting, we're getting into like LeBron James numbers with, with those kinds of numbers as a center. Um, uh, you know, and it's hard to make these, these comparisons, different players play in different systems and things, but, um, you know, I think it, looking at his body of work this season, he is undoubtedly an all-star, uh, regardless of what a lot of really dumb fans think, um, <laughs> <laughs> who are voting for Steven Adams over Jokic because they don't know anything about basketball. <laughs> but oh. um, he's undoubtedly an all-star. He will be an all-star. I was listening to Bill Simmons and Zach Lowe's podcast this morning, um, and they were putting together their all-NBA squad Simmons had Jokic first team all NBA and Lowe had him second team all NBA so he's getting he's getting national recognition yeah a little flip around there yeah but I mean I I mean I don't want to take credit for it but uh you know before before he called out the stiffs for for blasting him if he had something bad to say about Jokic right first team for Simmons because Lowe we all know that Lowe drinks 
you know, sips the, the Nuggets Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. And he said that on the podcast. He's like, there's not a bigger Jokic fan in the NBA than me. Um, right. he, he just had he had Anthony Davis ahead of him, which when you look at the numbers, Davis's numbers are. Better. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, no the question, argument. Man. Yeah. The argument really is about how much do you weight numbers versus wins? Right. Um, because Anthony Davis's team has underperformed and they're really not they're 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 not as bad as their record would suggest. Um, th- they have some talent on that team and they have a player who's playing at MVB caliber. Right. Um, so. Simmons factored that a little more in than than loaded. I mean, I, I think that's the number when you when you compare Jokic's numbers to like Embiid or Anthony Davis or Carl Anthony Towns or some of the other centers that are having outstanding years. Um, it's it Jokic's assist number, the seven and a half assists he's averaging per game right now, eight assists in since December. Um takes him puts him into another league for me he's he, he doesn't average as many points as Embiid and Davis and he's a couple of rebounds shy but the playmaking that he's involved in on this team is what makes their entire offense run and uh you you can't really say that that Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid are as important as as playmakers um, right. on their teams just and mar- we're talking marginally these guys are all great players but um but I I you know as a, as a Nuggets fan seeing him night in and night out run the offense as a center it's so unique what we're seeing and it's so important to their offense that i think it it, that assist number trumps a couple of rebounds and five extra points a game oh so my grade (laughs) if you couldn't tell is an a um i agree with you that uh uh he 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 needs to get docked a, a little bit for the the funk he went through that did cost him a couple of games too um they probably don't go on that one and six slide had Jokic been playing um, the the same level as he's playing now, so he takes a a little bit of a knock for that, but but not much. He's been spectacular, and he is now rightfully in the MVP conversations. Okay, next midseason grade, Jamal Murray. What do you have? So I'm giving Murray a B at the moment. Um, I would give his play since the December, the middle of December, an A plus probably. Um, he's been much more consistent since December. He's averaging 20 points a game, five rebounds, five assists on 36% shooting from three, which, I mean, that's almost getting up close to like Kyrie Irving numbers. I think that's a pretty good comparable. Um, who's kind of a, more of a shoot first point guard, you know, Kyrie will average when he's really rolling, you know, 23, 24 a game with five boards, six assists, something like that. So, I mean, he's, he's over the last, 21 games he's been in kind of that that range which is really quality production he's had some big games um i'm really liking this role that he's stepping into as the counter puncher uh you know so Jokic is the core of the team he's the he's the solid foundation the offense runs around him but murray's like the wild card spark plug he's the guy that when the other team hits a couple of threes it pisses him off (laughs) <laughs> you know, and I like that. I, I uh-huh. the Nuggets need that guy. I've been hoping that the, that it would be Murray um, all season. He just he was struggling shooting so bad early on, and his his playmaking has been up and down through the course of the year, and so he's been you know frustrating at times. But I, I think he's I think he's starting to put things things together. I thought he was their best player in the game last night against the Warriors, I thought he kept them in it in the first half when they easily could have, the game could have been well out of hand. Um, but 
but Murray really, you could, you could tell he was, he, he was trying to match the Warriors shot for shot on his own to the best of his ability. And he, and he did a good job of keeping him in it. And I think this team needs that, that attitude. And if, if he can uh, keep developing good things for the future, but, but yeah, I, I'd give him a B right now for mostly just inconsistency. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if a C is, uh, I guess, plateau, where they are the exact same that they were before. Um, I would give him a B. I'm, I'm, I have the exact same grade as you, unfortunately. Um, so, I mean, we've seen him improve from last year, definitely. Um, but it hasn't been a straight line up. Um, he, he's improved about almost two points over last year per game, um, uh, uh, over one rebound, an assist and a half. And the great thing there is his turnovers have only gone up like less than half of a turnover and his assist is up one and a half. So he's figuring out and one statistically, he's figuring out how to get Jokic the ball. It's mm-hmm. actually a lot of fun to watch right now because he has to pull out every trick in the bag. Some of the every once in a while, he'll get a pass to Jokic and it's like uh, that was a new way of doing it. it, it he's, he's tricking guys. He's making them double think and triple think. Um, he's, he's doing trick passes. Um, he's pulling out every stop to make that happen, but we're not seeing, um, he's doing it in a way that is, is still somewhat protecting the ball. Um, he's, he's not doing the craziest things in the world or just making bad attempts most of the time. Um, so we see him improving as far as uh, a playmaker and his usage, but, um, but his shot has completely fallen off. So what are we supposed to do about that? Um, there's no way that that we can give him that I feel comfortable giving him anything close to an A because of that. But I mean, so here's the thing. If you take a step back and I know I bring up his age a lot, but I, I was looking at it overall in the NBA and I'd say there's a uh, the top 25 point guards in the league. Seven of those guys are age 22 and younger. So there's this group it's kind of interesting how that happened because I feel like there there haven't been many good young guards for several years in the NBA. And now all of a sudden we get an entire group of them kind of at once over two or three seasons. So so there's this group here that you can't expect any of these guys to really be completely rocking. And the thing here is that um, as much as J- Jamal Murray's slipping shot is a concern, he's getting better at at what he needs to get better at, what they're expected to to. to grow into is a leader on the team as a playmaker and, um, and, and otherwise, and, and we're seeing, we're seeing him improve there. And so the fact that actually that you can call him improved from last season and yet his shot has fallen off, um, really says something about what I would say is his trajectory as a starter worthy, um, player in the NBA for, for, you know, the, the majority of the future of his career. So, yeah. Uh, count me in for a B. And now, for some reason, a basketball haiku by Nicholas Herzog. You love Big Honey, your doughy b-ball nug crush. Go vote for him now.
Okay, so we have other other players to talk about too, but there's been a lot of injuries and things. So I wanted to shift the focus to Mike Malone. So what do you have as Mike Malone's ranking for the first half? This is actually uh, the uh, the the only A plus that I have out here. I'm giving Malone an A plus. Um, halfway surprised by that myself, but I'm, he's. He's shown the ability. The first thing that we saw this season was this defense that was playing as one of the best defenses in the NBA. That that you have to give Malone a lot of credit for. Um, we've talked a lot about Millsap, and and honestly, you have to give all the players who are playing and defending credit. Yes, but the night and day difference. It's not like you know you that we brought in all these defensive studs. Uh, you know, people talking about <laughs> trading for uh, Covington or, um, you know, what Kawhi would have brought or back in the day, Bledsoe is known as a defensive point guard. Um, these are the, this is the same team that walked out of the NBA at the end of last season as one of the worst defenses and walked in this season as one of the best. You have to give Malone some credit for that. You have to give him credit for uh, the way he's developed his relationship with Jokic. Um, Jokic is the ultimate guy to be a fan of and probably like one of the worst situations to be a coach of other than the diva situation um, that we see in sports, which is the most common problem. Jokic is your um, I'm, I'm smarter. I get things done, not through uh, physical effort, but by outsmarting things. There's just a lot of, a lot of ways that he's, I think grown up his personality to succeed that are all non-traditional and it makes him somewhat of an enigma to, to get along with. And at this point, or, or, or at least to, to work with is what I mean. And Malone has developed that he's got the rest of the team behind him. Um, and he's almost kind of taken on the personality. Like he's almost the face of this team more than Jokic is or, or Murray. Um, you know, the, fa- the, the stats say Jokic is the, the leader, the, um, the storylines say Murray is because because he's in the press for getting a fight with this person or that person. But when you actually uh, look at how this team moves together, um, it's it's Malone's. It's his personality that I feel like is trickling down to these people. So, I mean, he's just connected everywhere. He, he has the second best record in the West and um, and he's making their trajectory look still positive. You, you know, he's still just scratching the surface of what's going on here. So a plus for Malone. What about you? Yeah, no, I completely agree. A plus. Um, he's the leading coach of the year candidate in my opinion. Um, and I think, I think what you've pointed out about him setting the tone for the team and the, and the fact that they're really taking on his personality and attitude, I, I completely agree with. And I think that's the mark of a really successful coach. You know, you think of um, a Greg Popovich team, you, you, you know what that team is going to look like. You think of like uh, Coach K at Duke, right? These, right. these really dominant um, personalities who put together these teams that, that, that end up having, you know, reflecting their, their style. Um, and I think we're seeing Malone develop into one of those guys. And it's great because last year, we weren't doing a podcast and it's good. We weren't because <laughs> <laughs> just about every episode we would have been calling for him to be fired. Um, I don't we, know we, about we, that, but <laughs> maybe not. Well, if Lad was on, if Lad oh, had right. been on every episode, well, if, yeah, if, but if he's on the next episode, I'm sure he'll call, for him <laughs> <to be fired. laughs> but we were, I mean, we were pretty critical of Malone. We thought, 
that he was he was mishandling the offense we you know he was a defensive guy but their defense was terrible you know we had a lot of complaints uh uh, his lineup choices we we were struggling with last year um but yeah i mean now you know the fact that the nuggets stuck with him and and that he's having success this year is really a testament to his his quality as a coach and i'm glad that we were wrong um in, in some of our heat that we gave him last year um and you know in fairness he may have grown as a coach too um right it, it could be that he's just better so. this year than he was last year you look uh, that's at how he's also possible on the court yeah. and he seems a lot more cool or calm he seems a lot more um determination i i feel like um behind how he's actually physically acting um calming himself down having himself focus you know it, it'll go from a shot of him yelling at everybody on the team to focus uh to a shot of him almost kind of like in his own zone, like, like trying to, to calm down from a bad play or something like that, where he, he's, the emotions surge up and he scoots it out of the way and then focuses on what's at hand. Whereas before we saw just a lot more, I think, um, explosiveness and looseness out of him. So, yeah. And and then even things like, like, uh, like timeouts and, you know, just small, um, game managing things, um, the the trend is positive not perfect but the trend is definitely yeah. positive i really just like him too mm-hmm. that's not a judgment about his qualities of coach but i just i'm i'm he's a he's a, a a guy that is a pleasure to root for right all right so moving on uh what do you think about Millsap? what grade do we have there so i'm giving Millsap a c um which in light of the positivity so far is going to seem like that's some sort of knock against Millsap. Um, it's not really meant to be that I'm thinking of a C more in the sense of average. Um, it's traditional definition. Um, and it's because I, I mean, part of this is injury related, but it was also injury injury related last year. And, and so it's not entirely, entirely his fault. And it's, it's hard to really develop a rhythm when you're in and out of the lineup. Um, and Millsap has been really important on defense. And defense is probably, other than maybe just Jokic's spectacular play, the, the main reason that they're sitting in the second spot in the Western Conference right now. And so Millsap, of course, gets credit for that, too. Um, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is almost just more of an intuitive sense that, like, we're just not getting, like full Millsap or something. I don't, I don't even know. Maybe, maybe this is full Millsap with where he is in his career right now. Um, and, and with the injuries he's dealt with, maybe we are getting a hundred percent. Maybe, maybe my expectations of what Millsap was going to do and be when the Nuggets signed him was wrong. Um, maybe these, if, if my expectations would have been what he's doing currently, uh, th- then maybe I'd, I'd, I'd be more favorable toward him. But I, I guess I just feel like for, you know, for the, for the amount of money he's making for the kind of, I don't know, just what we were hoping to get as a, as a star player from him. I mean, he's nowhere close to an all-star caliber player, for example. Um, and, and that's kind of what I was expecting when he came. So I don't know for me, I just, I just find myself to be sort of uh, just of kind of mixed feelings about him when I, when I watch him play. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not a fan of the, the money argument that comes up a lot. Um, to, to me, money is just, um, if we're going to sound 
if we want to sound dumb or whatever, you know, a medium of exchange of value. <laughs> it, it's, it's a way to, to move one person's idea of value to somebody else's idea of value. And so what I want to think of is what is the value that Millsap was supposed to bring to us? And, and then it's up to Connolly to decide how much that, how much money that value is actually worth. So when I think of the value that Millsap is supposed to bring, um, I think he's delivering it. I think he's completely delivering it. I'm expecting a strong defense. I was expecting more than anything. What I wanted was to take care of the stinking paint. Like that was such a problem for us when we were watching Fareed play mm -hmm. next to Jokic. Right. And, and knowing what Paul Millsap could do, um, both to, to lock things down around the paint, not the ideal rim protector, but um, off ball defender and just like anytime anybody's in the paint, it's like one of those sci-fi movies with things that can just like feel, feel something like on a string. Every player's on a string that's connected to Millsap and he just feels them around him and he, and he locks them down. That's what I wanted out of him. And that's what I'm getting out of him. So whether Connolly paid him 1 million or 21 million is, is kind of, to me, it's beside the point. He's delivering on the value that I wanted. And, um, and I guess I might weight the impact he's had on our defense differently than you, because I agreed with everything that you said about the defense. But to me, that's the very reason why I'm giving him a B is because not in my wildest dreams that I ever think that the Nuggets uh, would have had the defensive start that they did. Uh, and since this is midseason grades, to me, I'm taking into account the top, top one, top two, top three defense that we were to start the season, along with the 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 bottom third that we've slid into over the past month um, or, or when, when Millsap was out um, and now we're starting to maybe to kind of climb out of slowly. But, um, but to me, that's a B because, cause that defense we're nowhere near, we're, we're beyond my expectations as far as record goes. We're beyond my expectations as far as defense goes. And to me, most of the credit for that goes to Millsap. Um, I already talked about Malone. He gets credit for it. I think Millsap gets an even bigger slice of the pie credit for that. And then small little slices for the rest of the guys. Jokic, third slice. Yeah, I mean, cause I, I was going to say, I, to me, Jokic's commitment to defense has been a, a key part of, of his growth too. Right, um, but if, if they still have Fareed, is, is Jokic giving this effort on defense yeah i don't know and that yeah it's the kind of chicken and the egg thing right like uh, is is it Millsap that made Jokic so much better on defense or is it that Jokic got better on defense which makes things easier on Millsap? and it's, so things it's are just working better i don't yeah <laughs> it's uh, Millsap. it is i mean because it, it changes Jokic the way is getting one, is one and a half play. steals a game as a center he's that's ahead of anthony davis and joel Embiid, like guys that are considered great defensive centers um, right he's in a position He's in a position. Not... He's in a position to to leverage hit what he best offers on defense, and he wouldn't be able to be in that position without Millsap there. And there's other players in the NBA who can do it. Don't get me wrong. Millsap is not a unicorn, but but he is who we have who can do that, and he's the only one that we have that can do that. So yeah, I guess I, that's. I think this is the issue. Is and I know you you say about the money not mattering. 
it, it's true that I, that's a, the, the argument is was signing Millsap a mistake if we're talking about the money. That's a completely different argument because the Nuggets had the money to spend. Right. So it didn't really matter right. what they what they paid him. They were they didn't have any other max players. But I, I think the the reason the money comes up is because you compare Millsap's the money he's making to comparable players in the NBA. Right. Um, and I don't you have guys really- like Paul George making less money than Millsap. Um, and Paul George just are, are very comparable or whatever. It's like right, right there. Um, you look at Wiggins, and then you look at Jokic's contract last season. Like Jokic last right, season right. is that is could be exactly who you're just talking about. That somebody on some other team says, "Here we are with this max contract player," and they're the Nuggets with a center who's a top twenty player last season, um, who's only making a few million a year. Um, so it's, yeah, it, no, I money's yeah, just I, a dirty. Dirty uh, tool for comparison. I think. right. I, I, don't I think. Like it. I just. I, I just think that, generally speaking, in sports, players get paid for their performance. And when you're um, getting a max contract, I think to the average fan, I mean, at least this is how I thought, is that we are getting an all star. Like that. It's just that just links up in my head. Like max contracts go to all star players. And Millsap had been an all-star before he got here, and he is nowhere close to being an all-star now. And that's, I, I guess that's all I'm, I'm getting at. It's a, I realize it's a kind of ham-fisted way of looking at his play. I know that there is a lot of things that he adds to the team and that his, his contribution on defense is v- very valuable. Uh-huh. Um, but it, is that, I don't know, is, is that the best he has to offer? And, and maybe, maybe it is. Um, a good transition for Millsap and the discussion we were just having is the grade for the defense. What do you have, Jeremy? The defense gets a minus. Um, to, to me, they're the greatest surprise of the season. Um, it's something that that we weren't even expecting. Um, and not only did we get it, but we we got it in spades to start the season. So now i it i'm i don't know how to really um how to break it down because with Millsap being out for as long as he did gary harris being out several games um it's it's been hard to kind of figure out well which nuggets defense is the real defense and so we'll see if we can get back to that um Millsap, i would say is still i would count him on the list of people technically coming back from injury um, it takes takes a while to really um, not just knock off the health concerns if you're even able to. A lot of these guys aren't able to get healthy until the offseason. Um, and then also back, to get back in the flow of the game, um, the good habits that they had going that Millsap all of a sudden had nothing to do with for months. Gary Harris had nothing to do with for um, for for weeks. Um, you know, it, it's it's been it's been so hard to figure out exactly what we are on defense that I can't go above an A minus, but I have to give him an A minus because it's just completely caught me off guard. And to me delivered our, our record. Ooh. Yeah. I I, so I I'm kind of copping out here. I'm giving him an incomplete on defense because yeah, because we don't know exactly. And I, I think that's the, that is the issue here is if we had seen, three months of a healthy team playing together and they were ranked 11th in defense or something. I I think I I would feel really good about that. But the fact that we've seen great defense from certain 
lineups and then poor defense from other lineups and a mix of things with different lineups and, and we have players coming back and we don't know how they're going to fit in. And we don't even know what the end starting lineup is going to be when this team goes into the playoffs. Um, I, I feel like this is going to be an all season evaluation of the, of the defense. I'm, but I don't want to discount the fact that they have made huge strides this year and it's been awesome to see the improvement in defense as a longtime Nuggets fan. Um, I know that, you know, this too, we have watched a lot of bad defense and, so to to see teams that can that can crank up the D in the fourth quarter and actually win games because they're getting stops, it's refreshing. It's wonderful. It's been it's been awesome. So, but I think we need to figure out. Yeah, what what is our what what is our best lineup look like on on defense when we start getting into into March and April um, before we'll know for sure if this is if this is who they are. Yeah. So another. A major area to note for the Nuggets over the first half has been their young player development. What grade do you give the young players and the Nuggets' ability to develop those players, Jeremy? I give it again an A minus. Um, and and I I was thinking around a, a, a B, um, and I'll get into that. But when you take a step back and you look at the rest of the league, that to me, if uh, when you throw in the curve to this. Um, there's just not really many teams out mm-hmm. there who have the young player development that we've seen um, specifically this this past uh, you know four or five months here. So, quick tangent. Yeah, you can trade the the Lakers young core for the Nuggets young core. Who you take? Like Nuggets young core is in Jokic, Murray, Harris. I mean, I I would even say don't even inc- you don't even get to include Jokic. Okay, so, so we, Murray and Harris, no. No. Not even Harris. Let's say not even yeah. Harris. Let's yeah, say no, no, no. no. Let's say I'm talking Beasley. We're talking. I don't know. Beasley, Wancho, Murray. Oh, okay. Monte. Yeah. No. No. Something no. like that. No. Yeah. I mean, that's how good this core is. Every single player on our team is better than their player <laughs> at what they do. The the yeah. only potential there could be an argument between Ball and and Murray, but that's at this point, that's more of a hypothetical than a real one because what we're seeing is, is Murray being ahead of, of ball. Um, so that would just take into the fact of, of what ball could bring, you know, and, and if he was playing as many minutes and using a different role or a different team and blah, 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 too many hypotheticals there. So, yeah, I think it just puts it in perspective though. What we, what we have on this team, you know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot, we could spend a whole episode just going through all these players and, and how they've progressed. But the thing is all of these players have progressed except for Trey Lyles. But everybody else, down to like Thomas Walsh. Yeah, um, I'm giving him an A, and the only reason it's not an A plus is because of Trey Lyles, um, who has not digressed really. He's kind of stayed the same, I think, um, which has been disappointing because I think you and I both thought that he would take a big leap forward this year, and that hasn't happened. The big thing to me with him is is that three point shot completely fading away. Yeah. Like I don't care who you are. Last, at, by the end of last season, you believed he could shoot a, a three-point ball. Like, I'm sorry, yeah, I, I his, will call out any, any person who says that they that they they didn't think he could shoot. I, I understand some some um, conservative opinions about his three-point shot, but I think the entire world thought that guy was a three-point shooter. 
and and we're seeing something completely different this season. Yeah, and that gave him a really unique skill set. I mean, he's what six ten or whatever. If he could, if he can hit threes and play power forward for you, yeah, that's a that's a really valuable piece off the bench. Um, maybe maybe even has a ceiling uh, as a starter, right? But that yeah, that hasn't played out. And then his atrocious defense um, is making him a liability a lot of times uh, if he's if he's not hitting threes which he hasn't been for the most part. So, yeah. um, yeah, but other than him, I don't, and I don't want to, you know, he hasn't, the, the team's done, done well regardless. Um, so he hasn't been that much of a negative that it's, um, really hampered their success. And the, the success is of the young players. Um, and, and we're, I mean, okay. So first of all, <laughs> the whole, the whole team is young. I mean, if we want to, if we want to be like, um, the old straight guys up about the 23 this, year olds, yeah, the like guys Jokic, the 19 year olds. Right. I mean, we should be including Jokic and Murray in this young player development conversation because these are still young guys, too. Yeah. So so I, I guess when I'm when I'm thinking about the, the young players on the Nuggets, ironically, I'm thinking about guys who actually might even be close to the same age as Jokic and Murray, but the guys that didn't really play a lot until this season. Um, so we're talking Wancho, Beasley, Craig, Monte Morris, and those four guys have been everything you could you could hope for i i think um i think beasley has come out of basically nowhere for me um to to show some serious staying power in the nba in january he's at 14 points a game couple couple boards couple of assists he's making almost three threes a game on 46 percent shooting he's got plus seven uh, plus minus right now, which is higher than Jokic. Um, and his true shooting percentage in January is equal to Steph Curry. Um, if, if you just want to put these numbers into context. So uh, Beasley has been spectacular and he's gotten better. It seems as the season's gone along. Uh, Wancho had a stretch in December where he was lights out. Uh, he's uh, maybe taken a step back of late. I feel like he, yeah, not maybe uh, maybe he's, has, he's fallen off yeah. completely. Yeah. He's averaging like yeah, two points Beasley's, over his last two weeks or something like that. Right, right. I guess I've been, yeah, I mean, I've been so focused on Beasley's play. I've, I sort of have forgotten about, you know, Wancho because uh, it hasn't been as noticeable, this this fall off. But, um, but, but you know, Wancho definitely was instrumental in their success during a, 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 that rash of injuries. And Torrey Craig has really proven himself on the def- defensive end and to be a, a guy who can um, play hard-nosed hustle ball. You know, he, he, he's getting, he's getting tough rebounds. He had a game. He had 15 rebounds this month, right? A few, a few games ago. So, um, they're, they're just getting really valuable big time minutes and contributions from guys that we had no idea, you know, if they were, if they were G league players or not, we, we really didn't know what we had here. And, and so the development has been pretty much all positive. All right. The last grade is how are we doing as nuggets fans? How are the crowds? At Nuggets games, A, I gave it an A. I wish I could. A. I could be there. Um, I'm out here in Philadelphia, just watching and and listening. Um, but there's even press covering how good the Nuggets crowds are. They're that impressive. So, um, you know, when when the crowd is even a story like that, really says something. And um, we've been seeing it more from the players talking, and to me, feeling more authentically real about it like they, they really do appreciate the crowd they, they're seeing more of it we have already have one more sellout than we had all of last season 
And before that, so we have 15 this season, 14 last season, and the season before that, I believe it was like three. So um, just awesome. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. What about yeah, you? I'm, okay, I'm giving them a B, but I agree that I agree that generally it's been really positive. Um, a, a really good atmosphere there. The couple games I've been to this year have been, um, you know, pretty electric. Uh, the and and as you pointed out, the the team keeps giving shout outs to the fans um, and the energy that they're providing them. And so um, there's definitely a lot of a lot of buzz about the Nuggets in the city right now, and that's a good thing. I still think there's some room for improvement, which is the only reason that I'm knocking it a letter grade. And that's because I've been to Broncos games before (laughs) and I have seen what Denver fans are capable of. Um, and the nuggets do not generate that kind of passion on a night to night basis yet. And that's only going to come with winning really. Um, right. And time. And time. Yeah. I mean, you know, just traditionally this team has, um, been, a non-playoff team. They've been, uh, you know, it's been something where it's, it's, you know, it's fun to go to a Nuggets game. Like it's a cool atmosphere. Rocky's fun. Like let's just go to a game, but we don't know any of the players. Like that. That's like half of your people um, that are in attendance. But um, I, th- I think that's definitely that's definitely changing. The trajectory is is on the upswing, and I, you know, really just hope that um, my uh, fellow citizens can just forget about the Broncos for a little bit. My goodness, they're terrible. Uh, um, they have, n- <laughs> there's nothing going on with Denver. There's no hope for any success in the near future. Bron- n- n- Broncos fans. I'm sorry. Um, you got a couple of years, rock it with the nuggets, get to the Pepsi center, yell and scream like you do at Broncos games. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> nice call to action there. Okay. So to sum up overall grade for the nuggets, first half, a plus, I know it doesn't yep. make sense. It doesn't average out between the B's and the A minuses. <laughs> you don't get an A plus when you add those all together. But the total is greater than the sum of the parts. A plus for me too. Well done. Over and under. All right. Over under Malik Beasley having a 20 point per game ceiling in his career. I mean, this is so hard. I mean, he's shown the past few weeks that that he can. But do you call that a serious ceiling? I'm going to say not. I'm going to go under. Because um, I have serious concerns about his ability to um, – I don't want to say understand. I don't, it's almost a meaning. That's the wrong word. But his ability to, to execute um, the necessary level of defensive assignments, decisions the, the entire way through uh, that – that will always hold him back from getting in the right position where he could pursue this kind of a ceiling. You know, I, I it's, it's, it's hard for me to believe that, that a team would give this guy two or three seasons of 33, 34 minutes a game as a starter. Um, if, if he's making this amount of blunders that he is, um, 
where, where he might actually be able to hit that point where he's averaging 20 points or, or over. Yeah. I mean, even if he can get the defense figured out, I feel like, I feel like 18, 17, 18, a game is probably his ceiling um, and where he'll get to as a mature NBA player. Yeah. I mean, that's where um, Gary Harris as a is really at right valuable, now. Yeah. Like a really valuable shooting guard who can hit threes at a right. high clip. Like there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily see him taking the next step. You, you start getting over 20 points a game as a shooting guard. You're talking about somebody who is creating their own shot a lot. Right. Right. Um, and I'm not sure if he's not playing with Jokic that he's getting, yeah, he's shooting the percentage that he is from three, for example, because he's shooting a lot more contested shots. Um, and I, yeah, I just I don't I don't think I see him as being like the second or third best player on a team, but I can see him being like the lights out shooter, fourth best player, like maybe a possible starter on a on a really good team. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could see him end up on a team like, I mean, like. Um, Oh, for crying out loud. I can't think of it. Who's the shooting guard on the magic used to be a nugget. Oh, um, Evan Fournier. Right. That's a guy that had a shot like a good, a good stroke Mm -hmm. and uh, a bad team gave him a chance to start. And he's just good enough to be getting some minutes and some stats. Like I could see a a bad team maybe taking a shot at giving Beasley a, a starting position. But the point is he's on a bad team and doesn't have the ability to hit the ceiling that he he should be able to, but doesn't deserve to have the opportunity at the same time because doesn't bring to that position um, the all-around package um, or, or something closer to the all-around package. Few guys are actually the all-around package. But, you, um, yeah, you get my point. Yeah, you yeah. I mean, it. I think, yeah, what he the role he's got on the Nuggets right now is is perfect for him and he's taken full opportunity or full advantage of that opportunity and rocked it. Yeah. All right. So, um, over under one and a half nuggets averaging over 20 points per game this season. So basically you are, you explain it. (laughs) Yeah. So Jokic is at 19.7 points per game at the moment. Um, Murray is at 18 and a half. Those are your two closest. I think that's what we're talking about here. If we're, we're talking about will Jokic and Murray both average over 20 points a game right. for the season. Um, yeah, I, it would take some sort of weird thing for Harris to be able to shoot up there. He's the yeah. only one. And that would be a complete anomaly. That would be very odd. So I'm going to say no. I I Jokic is is going to go over 20 points a game for the season. I'm pretty confident about that. He's at um since December, so we've got 21 games now. He's at 23 points a game. And that's after the the funky stretch he went through where he had a, you know, a couple of uh duds in there. Um and he had even a few other games earlier in the season where he had like 6 points and stuff. We're not seeing that right now and he's still at just about 20 points a game. So I, I, I don't see any reason that his numbers from the last 21 games aren't going to continue. Um, and that's that's 23 a game, 10 and a half rebounds, eight, eight assists. I think that's basically what we see out of Jokic the rest of the way. So I think he'll be over 20 um, and will lead the, the team in scoring. Murray at 18 and a half would have to he'd have to really pick it up even more than he has. He's at right about 20 since um, just the December 1st. 
Uh, that's that wouldn't be enough to get him over twenty for the season if he continues to do what he's doing now. He'd have to go up into the you know probably twenty three, twenty four point a game range over the second half. And I don't th- I don't think he's going to get that high, but I do think the second half he's going to average more than he than he did the first half. Okay, um, so we're close on Murray. Um, well, let me just say I, I I'm also go- taking the under here. Um, but I think that Jokic actually, uh, drops here. Um, Hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not backing off of my original prediction of Jokic at 19 and a half points, uh, for the season. Um, I, you're dead on for the first half. I think, uh, Barton coming back changes things up a little bit. I, I feel like we know that Jokic turns on the scoring when he knows that he has to put the team on his back and get things done. And, with Barton coming in as another shooter and another playmaker, I think that just alleviates some of the burden that Jokic feels. Um, or at least this is the hypothetical. This is the this is what I expect Barton to be able to bring. If Barton is able to bring the game that I thought and mesh with the unit the way I think, that that will be the result. Um, where where Jokic plays almost more back to more playmaking, I I, I could see his assist going up and his points. Not going down much, but the point is going down a little bit, which for an average of 19.7 for the season, um, you know, maybe dropping down to 19.2 or something like that. And my other original prediction I'm not backing off of is 20 and a half points for Murray, where I think the opposite is true with Barton's impact on Murray, where by having Barton come in as um, another playmaker, maybe even a second playmaker um, above Murray, but, but I, I'm I'm expecting him to be a, pretty much the same, but if Barton is bringing the ball down court, which I expect him to be doing a lot more of, um, you make Murray more of a shooter and less of a playmaker, and and so I I see I see his natural destination for the second half of this season being a guy who's who's shooting more, and I still believe his shot is better than the percentages that he's shooting at this season. So um, once that ball starts falling more and he's getting more opportunities because he's being used more in that shooting role, um, I, I'm, I'm still I'm not backing down. 19 and a half for Jokic, 20 right. and a half for Murray. Sweet. All right. Over under two and a half nuggets who were drafted in 2016 still being on the roster next season. So the, players that we're talking about here are jamal murray wancho and beasley yeah it's crazy so, that we got them all, all three together. of them be on the roster next season um so as it stands right now the the nuggets did extend uh the extra season next year's season to wancho and beasley um so the, they are all technically on and murray um so they are are all technically nuggets next year um, so other than being traded or released, um, or, or dying, which I don't see happening, uh, I think something's oh, going to change here. So, so, so if, if they keep all of them the way that they are, we go into not this off season, but the following off season with all of those guys coming off their contracts all at once. Um, and, and that would mean that we either lose them or, or we resign them for a lot of money. 
um, there's no middle ground there. There's no way to recoup um, anything back from them. So I'd be willing to bet that if we don't see, um, I think Wancho is a possibility to be moved at this trade deadline. I don't think there's much heat to that, but within the realm of possibility, um, not because they want him out, but just because if some other deal presents itself, I think he's one of those pieces that is kind of on that lingering, well, we might need to get something back for this guy. And when they've got two other forwards um, behind him, Wayne in the wings with uh, um, Michael Porter Jr. and uh, Vanderbilt, um, not to mention Vlaco Konkar, who's been doing great in Europe. I was looking at his stats. He's he's averaging per 36, uh, 17 points. He's oh shooting goodness. yeah forty seven and a half percent, and um, and his free throw for crying out loud he's a ninety percent free throw shooter. Last year he was one hundred percent. He only had nine attempts, but he hit all nine of them. <laughs> hey, and this year he's shooting ninety percent. You can only 90%. hit the ones you take. Yeah. So um, I Crazy. mean, yeah. I I think I think Beasley might have bought himself another contract with the Nuggets um, at the end of next season. Um, but Wancho, I I. I don't think long-term Wancho is going to be here. And uh, if he doesn't get moved at this deadline, I think all of a sudden there is some pressure to move him in the offseason because um, then you go into the season and the deadline is your last chance to get something back for, for him. So um, I'm going above. I think they move Wancho um, either this deadline or uh, in the summer. Yeah, so wait, you're going under. There will be less oh. than... They will be less than, yeah. yeah. I just got tired of going under. <laughs> right. <laughs> Three unders, count me in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to go, okay, so on the roster next season. So that means they'd have to get rid of somebody at the trade deadline this year or move somebody in the off season. Right. Next year. Well, this year. But or yeah. This, yeah, this off season. Um and I think a lot has to do with what they end up doing with Millsap, I feel like. Right. Because um, that's a big contract that we're not entirely sure if they if the Nuggets have the option there to pick that third season up. So um I think we'll have to see if you know if he's if he's injured more this season. Um I don't know. I don't even want to get into the hypotheticals, it's hard to say uh what will go into that decision and what they'll end up doing there. Um but there may be a little extra money. Um so yeah, I'm gonna say they start. I'm gonna say they start next season with all three of them. Okay, I think they're probably. I would. I would like to see a couple of these young pieces packaged and moved, um, for a, a player that can maybe help them take advantage of their, their window now. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean this year. It could mean in the off season. It could mean, uh, leading up to the playoff run next year, um, potentially. Uh, I'm. I'm they have a lot of pieces to work with and they, and, and those, those pieces, if they continue to develop are going to have more value to another team potentially. So, um, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what the nuggets can package together, but, but I'm going to, I'm going to say they start next season with all three of them. Nuggets are on pace for 55 wins this year over under 55. I'm going under, um, I'm torn between 54 and 55 right now, but that that means that I'm on pretty much the underside here. I'm I'm not expecting as high as 56. Uh, the pace has been great, but uh, to me the defense is what got them there. 
I, I love the offense. It's capable of a lot, especially during the regular season. Um, but but I, I need to see that defense to feel more confident that we'll at least match the pace that we're at right now. Um, uh, there's a couple other factors, too. I mean, th- their schedule is getting harder at the end of the season. Um, but then on the other side, if you look back, Jokic really turned it on towards the end of last season. So there's a chance that we get even more out of Jokic to counteract that. And then there's a third third little caveat here to consider, which is um, a lot of these teams that we expected to be tough competition at the end of the season because it's the Western Conference might already be out of it. You know, we're mm-hmm. talking about the Timberwolves, um, the Grizzlies, um, the, the Kings, the Mavericks, you know, yeah, Jazz. Yeah, these are all teams that might clearly be out of the picture in that last month or so. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're, they're d- playing, they're, they're, they're diving. They're protecting their yeah. uh, players, their franchise players, and they're diving their, their, their record. I'm going to go over. I, I, I agree. I, I actually think 55 is about the number, but I'll, I'll go over for purposes of this game okay. and say 56. <laughs> so you're 56. I'm um, 54. Yeah. I'm going to say 56. Um, now, Okay, so I predicted 51 wins in our inaugural episode. Mm-hmm. I think you predicted 50. Mm-hmm. So we were right there. Uh, one win apart from each other. We're predicting then the Nuggets to exceed our expectations, which were pretty high, we yeah. thought, yeah. going into the season. So this is already great. I mean, even if they get, even if they get 52, 53 wins or whatever, they've, they've exceeded the, the high bar that we set for them at the beginning of the year. So... Um, I think they're on that trajectory. I, the, the thing I will add is that they haven't been healthy yet. Um, and if they do get healthy, then I think that can offset, um, you know, some of the more intense competition that will happen in April that combined with, as you said, some teams just sort of falling out of it and, and that competition lessening. Um, I, I, I think we're going to see a balancing out there. I think, I think the nuggets will overall get better, uh, you know, pending any other injuries, if they get everybody back and they can get a couple of months playing together, they're going to be playing better by the time the playoffs roll around than they are now or than that we've seen them this year, I think. But other teams are going to be playing better, too, as the the playoffs get close. So I think it's going to be a wash, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think we might see them maintain the same winning percentage they have. Uh, last over under. Over under one minute of gameplay time for Michael Porter Jr. I'm going over. Um, actually, two minutes? What? Yeah, two minutes. <laughs> 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 um, actually, just uh, from from Adam Mares uh, was just talking to us about how uh, today Malone mentioned that Michael Porter Jr. has uh, par- been participating in practice lately. Um, so there it is, Michael Porter Jr. practicing. Um, Inside info. Insider info. Yep. And uh, Malone had only positive things to say. It said his uh, his shot and his handle looked really good. Um, and and then Adam even went in there and saw him going one on one with uh, with Murray and Goodwin. So um, I mean, we saw we saw him uh, a picture of him slam dunking a few weeks back, maybe about a month back now, maybe not quite a month. And now we're hearing that he's practicing. Um, yeah, I I. I I don't know what Connolly is thinking, but if I'm going to guess again, I've, I've said this before. 
Um, I, I think he wants to show the NBA a healthy Michael Porter Jr. by the end of the season. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. He's going to get in. He's going to get in a little bit. Um, I don't think, I mean, okay. First of all, I mean, his, his back, like he's not so jacked at this point. Clearly, if he's playing one-on-one in the gym, he's not so messed up. He can't play three minutes of NBA game time Yeah, in a, in a, in a trash game in April. Like, I don't, I don't see why that would ever be a problem as somebody who's dealt with a back injury too. It's not like he's going to re-injure his back. I think people should understand that too. As far as I understand with the, the type of injury that he has, he could now if throwing him right back on the court now and just having him play like 25 minutes, that would be definitely risking um, aggravating his discs and, and, and things and having muscle issues and stuff. So that's out of the question, but like a few minutes of game time, everyone, you know, every other game or something in April, I, I think that's, that's totally within the realm of possibility. And I don't really see a drawback. Yeah. to it. I mean, unless the doctors are just really adamant that that even you know, 5 minutes of of strenuous activity could be a potential problem, but I I, I don't I don't think so. I I think I I think it'll be fine and I and I just I don't see a reason not to if he's fully healthy um and has the clear from the doctors, I don't know what good would come from sitting him for the year. I mean, just get him in, get him playing. Like there's enough there's enough, you know, game there are enough games that in the fourth quarter things are are pretty well handled that you can you could put a guy like michael porter jr in there let him chuck some threes and and it'll if nothing else make the fans excited we all want to see him play even if it's just for a couple of minutes it'll be fun how awesome would it be to end up last game of the season um i believe it's at home yeah at home against the pelicans for for us to have you know beat the pelicans after a long game um we know we're going in the playoffs we've already earned our playoff spot and you know two minutes before the three minutes before the game ends michael porter jr comes in and knocks down a three or something like that um for his his first play of the of the nba um that could be that was so cool yeah i'm just daydreaming now yeah, I just don't there I, I I don't know. I just don't see any reason. I, I know there's been room rumblings over the last few weeks that he he was just going to be shelved for the season. Why? Like it's all bring him yeah, in for a conjecture. few minutes. Like what? Yeah, I mean it just doesn't like it, he's not going to have any kind of serious role on the team this year. Um and if they make the playoffs uh, pending some kind of catastrophe that will happen. Um he, he, you know, probably won't be on the playoff roster right? and won't factor into the playoffs in any, in any meaningful way, even if we see him in April a little bit. So other than, yeah. So, so we're not talking about impact here, but just, will we see him this year? Yeah, I think so. All right. That's all we got. Thanks for listening to the dig. What's your Twitter handle, Jeremy? At Jeremy Poli follow him super complicated (laughs) you can also follow us at the dig denver where we retweet lots of interesting things (laughs) (laughs) our january predictions are looking pretty good jeremy they're six and three right now you had them at you had them at nine wins i had them at 11 yeah no you're definitely gonna win that one but well i mean even nine wins would have been good, but it's looking like uh, they're on pace to have another quality month. Yeah. 